It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. <laughs> it always amuses me. <laughs> Because I think it's, it's fun, because we do have a great time. I have a wonderful time when we do remote broadcasts. We're broadcasting this morning from Pike Nursery, Town Lake, over in Woodstock. If you want to come by between now and 9 o'clock, we've still got some Chick-fil-A biscuits here, a little bit of coffee as well. You can come join us, ask your questions, bring your pictures on your cell phone, and we'll be happy to talk to you about that. Mickey Gasaway, my partner from Pike Nursery, is here as well. If you have design questions, she is much better at design than I am. At least she thinks, at least I think she is. And so you can bring your design questions by as well. Our phone number is easy, 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. And Mickey, while we have time right here, let us give away the oh, weekend yeah. prize pack. Okay. So what we get is a family four-pack of tickets to a $5 dry fit frenzy night. I'm not sure what $5 dry fit frenzy night at the Atlanta Gladiators game on Sunday, March 17th at Infinite, Infinite Energy Arena, plus a four-pack of tickets to the Atlanta International Auto Show March 21st through 25th in Building C at the Georgia World Congress Center. So four-pack of tickets to the $5 dry fit frenzy night, March 17th, and a four-pack to see the Atlanta International Auto Show on March 21st to 25th. Ms. Gasaway, I will give you the honors. What number between two and seven should someone be to win the prize Three. pack? The third caller to 404-741-0750. People in local here at the Pike Nursery may not apply. Or you can't. Go ahead and do it. Go dial up. I'll be interested to see what happens. 404-741-0750. The third caller wins the two four-packs of tickets. Our phone number, of course, 404-872-0750. And you know, while we have a little calm break here, Mickey, I want to talk a little bit more about lawns and fertilizing and weeds and things like that, because that seems to be on everyone's mind as things warm up. What do we do about our lawn? And the first thing is that I'm not a big proponent of weed and feed. I know they're sold like crazy around, but here's what I think the trouble you can get into is that the weed part, the weed control part, if put down right now, there are some weeds out, but you have the fertilizer part too, which is sort of feeding the weeds. the weeds. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense to me. Right, I'd right. much rather, I think, you have the weed control separate. part separate from the fertilizer part. So there are two kinds of weed and feeds. There's a kind that has the weed control pre-emergent uh -huh. and the weed control post-emergent. Uh -huh. uh, and again, if you were forced to just have to use a weed and feed, I would use it on fescue only and the post-emergent form. So fescue, when it says be sure the leaves are wet and you put this weed and feed down, it feeds the fescue, which needs to be fed right now. Uh -huh. And the weeds can be controlled, I think, if you wet the leaves pretty good, get the powder onto them and control the weeds in the But lawn. doesn't it have a little bit of Pre-emergent, a little bit, but yeah, not a lot. It's got 2,4-D in it. Yeah, that's 2,4-D for broadleaf. And, and di, oh, di, is it dicamba? One of those. Dicamba is a little bit of pre You're right. You're right. The other thing, though, if you're going to fertilize your other lawns, the warm season lawns like Bermuda, uh, zoysia, St. Augustine, centipede, all the warm season grasses, they really don't need to be fertilized now. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. again, though, it's 
heavily fertilized, uh, heavily advertised, I mean, to buy the fertilizers for these lawns, the best time to fertilize them is when they are at least 90% green. They need to be greened up yeah. good before you put a fertilizer out because if they're not green, they can't absorb the fertilizer. So we want to make sure that we wait until things are greened up pretty good before you apply the fertilizer. I need to have a little side conversation with Lorenzo here. Lorenzo, I think we are not connected to the studio back here on my laptop, so we need to fix that to get us to see who's on the lines of the phone calls. Lorenzo Kemp, our engineer here at Pike Nursery, make sure that we're connected to everybody, but I could not see the screen on my, on my laptop, and Lorenzo can fix that. As far as weed grasses are going, weeds and things like that in lawns, the most common weed that I'm seeing right now in my neighbor's lawns, fortunately not in mine so much, is chickweed. Mm -hmm. You have uh, the henbit, hen certainly, hen the little purple flowers poeta. on it, and then poa annuate, and there's one more. The hairy bittercress. Her oh, yeah. oh, hairy bittercress is everywhere. Have you ever tasted it? I have. It's bitter. It's, it's, no, it's, I think it's not, good. I, mean, I don't mean it's bitter good. in a bad way. It's a good stuff. It tastes like stuff they sell in these packages of. Another is in the, the same family as cresses. Cress. Cress. Yeah. So you can actually eat the hairy bitter cress and control it that way. We if think. You knew what, unless you knew, somebody's put poison on it. Unless somebody put the weed killer on it, then you don't want to eat that. No, but the most common weeds now are the ones that germinated back in October, mm -hmm. which is why we put a pre-emergent down. At least I did in my lawn back in September. And it would prevent the, again, the uh, chickweed, the uh, poa annua, the hairy bittercress, and the henbit, all four of them there. If you I, put the pre emergence down. I usually put my pre emergence down the 15th of September. I yeah. do that. And then I do it when I see the first jonquils. That's, uh, that's, that's not a bad way to do it. That's do, the way do, do it. it. Put the pre emergence down when you first see the first daffodils out in your lawn, the yellow flowers. And then in September, around September 15th, times it out pretty well. All right, let's go to the phones. We got Andy on the line. Andy. Hey, welcome. Good morning. Welcome to Lonnie Garden. Okay, good morning, Walter. Thanks for taking me. What? Uh, What's up, Andy? I have a, a quick question. What you thought, uh, what you might recommend, something I could plant as a, a barrier, like a privacy barrier. I'm downtown Atlanta by some old abandoned train tracks. They're going to oh. be turning into that belt line. It's, it's full of right. people and everything. Um, it's just something I could plant as a, a privacy barrier. Crate Myrtle came up, but I don't, you know, something a little thicker, a little more. Uh, give more privacy than that, and something maybe low, a little more low maintenance. How wide do you want it to be, Andy? How wide? How tall? What do you need? Maybe uh, you know, 10 to 15 feet tall, and I'll probably have to plant several of them. I mean, a good 20 foot stretch. Right. Of my private, my uh, property line. You know what about hollies? Hollies. That's exactly yeah, but what I was thinking exactly about. Exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. There's several different kind of hollies. Uh, Mickey, go over some of the Nellie hollies. Nellie Stevens or Burford or one of the new red hollies. I say new. The red, <laughs> the red hollies. Red hollies, uh -huh. right? But they're just—they're also drought tolerant. And you know, I've been here so long. There's certain things you get jaded about because of the—they get brought back because of our great uh, return policy. Um, but hollies never come never back. Have a holly they never come, come back. back because they're so drought tolerant. So a great tolerant. answer for you. And besides the ones that Mickey just mentioned, are the Burford holly, uh, Nellie Stevens holly, and the red holly. The red holly is a general called red hollies. Another one is the native holly. Is yeah. a yopon holly, Andy. Yeah. The yopon okay. has nice uh, little small leaves, little red berries mm -hmm. on it, and very okay, uh, give you a nice how, native how far as well. Depends on the size. Uh, yeah. Whatever the label says, if it says okay. this plant grows to be 10 feet wide, then you plant it on 10 feet centers. So yeah. if you've got two Nellies that are 10 feet wide apiece and plant them 10 feet apart, and uh, 
they, you'll get a pretty good coverage and give you no gaps or anything in between them. And the birds and everything love the holly they so sure much do, for the, the berries. The berries on there, awesome plant. You know, since I'm, we're talking about a couple more barrier plants, and I'll tell you something else that, that I enjoy in my neighborhood is tea olive. Mm -hmm. It's evergreen and it smells fabulous. Right now it's blooming. It blooms again a couple of times in the summer and the fall as well. But tea olive is a fabulous green plant. Oh, so that's another, not a holly, but tea olive would yeah, be a good okay. choice as well. Okay, great. Uh, let's Thank see. you so much. All right, thanks for calling, Andy. Thank y'all. I want to mention to him that one of the things that I have on my website is that plants of screening plants. It has a whole bunch of plants, one of which I should bite my tongue for even mentioning this. You. The Slender Sentinel Sweet Gum. Oh, Have you seen uh -uh. that? Vicky, it is easy. All right, everybody in the, neighborhood, in the audience is going, uh, uh, uh. It only has a few balls on it, and it's only like four feet wide. It's right across from the WSB studios right across really? there in the courtyard. There are five of them. They are no more than four probably feet wide. They are 30 feet high and four feet wide. And they look just sweet like a sweet gum? No, they are they're a sweet used, gum. Well, I mean, it, there used to be one called... Um, the Rotunda Lowe's. Yeah, Styrosiflua. Yeah, it didn't. That was a, and it didn't have any, but I tried like three times. I couldn't get those to break. If you want, I don't know that Pike would necessarily have it, but call around and see, maybe even go online to get seedling uh, trees, but it's called Slender Sentinel uh, Sweet Gum. Not many balls, oh. very thickly. It's deciduous, oh, but of neat. course, but it has lots of limbs on it, so it's very nice screen plant. And I never thought I'd ever say plant a sweet gum, but I'm saying that's at least one. It's a nice screen there in the courtyard across from WSB. Cool. The story is on the plant that uh, it was found or noticed by a guy who was sort of, in, you know, knew about his plants, knew what was rare, what was not rare, and he saw it and took it to a friend of his who was a horticulturist, and the horticulturist looked at it and said, wow, this would be great, I'd love to have some of this. And they took and took cuttings, which is the little place where the guy showed him he had this plant growing on his property, and took cuttings from it, and took them home and rooted them, and he rooted about 10. And he said, I need some more than that. And so he went back to the place where the guy had shown him the first Slender Sentinel. Mickey, it was gone. Somebody had, had sawed it down. Oh, and so it was no. no longer there. But the guy had 10 cuttings. He reproduced them, reproduced more, and now Slender Sentinel again. I've got, I've got to have one. Find it. Uh, some nurseries, maybe not all nurseries <laughs> around, one of those interesting plants. Another plant with a history on it that I really love telling the story is Burford Holly. Burford Holly. It yeah, came, Westview. From, came from your neighborhood. Westview Cemetery is where my family's all buried. <laughs> all of Mickey's family. When she goes to Westview to visit them, mm. it's not there anymore. It's another plant yeah. that originated. Every Burford Holly in the world came from one plant in Westview Cemetery mm -hmm. here in Atlanta. And the plant has disappeared. We don't know how long, how many years ago it was gone. But the guy who was there and the groundskeeper at Westview Mr. Cemetery, Mr. Burford, mm -hmm. he said, this, this holly, this holly really grows great. I'm going to take some of it and give it to my friends and neighbors. He did. Cool they liked plan. it. They said, what are we going to call it? He said, well, call it Burford holly. That's his <laughs> name. Why not? And so the Burford holly now is used across the country, around the world. It doesn't require a pollinator. That's one of the great mm -hmm. things about it. The Burford holly does not require another holly to pollinate it. So it has red berries no matter where it grows and what but it is. But it has, will pollinate it. the Nellie Stevens so or something will, like yeah, that. Yeah. If yeah. Got Most hollies are dioecious. You have yeah. to have a male Dioces. plant and a female plant. With uh, Burford, you don't need to have any of that. Well, our phone number, 404-872-0750. We'll be right back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Rain coming in this afternoon, a little bit more rain tomorrow. High today, 61, 62, 63 degrees. Overnight lows in the mid-50s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Steve is in Alpharetta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Steve, there we go, got my button here. Hey, Steve, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Doing great. How can we help? Hey, I have Leland Cypresses. There's, there's five of them along the uh, driveway between my house and the one next door. They're about 15 feet tall. Right. And la- I guess about last year, one of them in the middle just sort of died, and I just cut it all. I had to cut it out. Now the others are starting to die in the middle. And I don't know if maybe I should just cut them all the way back, maybe to about five feet tall and do something, or is there something causing this? The only thing I can tell you is the uh, over the years, they put uh, we put mulch, mulch, mulch. So the mulch is probably about three or four feet, about three feet deep on top of the roots. Wow, that's a lot of mulch. Yeah, a couple of things I would do it's on first. the stems too. Yeah, on the on the trunk, I yeah. would always worry with mulch that deep that there might be uh, voles underneath there. Voles, little metamized creatures that chew on the bark of plants, and they can chew on Leland cypress just as much as they chew on roses and apples and things like that. Yeah. So vole are a possibility. You rake the mulch out. Three feet seems like a gracious plenty on mulching under a little cypress. Well, maybe, well thing, maybe, maybe it's more like 18 inches, but I, I cleaned a lot of it out That's uh, still pretty deep. I like three to four inches is about where my mulch okay. goes. It's about three or four right. inches deep. Um, another thing is that numerous places all over North Atlanta, and that means Alpharetta, where you live, as well as Cherokee County, where we are right now, um, and where there's just hundreds and hundreds, thousands of Leland's have been planted over the last 25 years. And a lot of them have been affected by drought. Not one particular drought, but just that weakened them, one weakened them a little bit and they got a canker and they somehow healed from that. But the canker diseases up here, there's one called ceridium canker, another called botrospheric canker. Both of them are very common on Leland cypress. And all it takes is one final drought like we had a couple of years ago to sort of get them into a place where they can't recover from it. And so that's what I would guess is going on with the Leland's where they start browning up from the bottom up where that ceridium canker are pretty clearly there. And if you want to look at some, some pictures, Steve, I've got a, a webpage that's, I think it's called Leland Cypress Diseases. That's what it is. It's got six pictures on each of the Leland Cypress Diseases. And if you need to go do a little digging and figure out what you have, that would be a place to go on my website. Okay. All right, so Leland Cypress diseases? Leland Cypress diseases. And if it is most fungal diseases on Leland's, they don't recover once they're sort of 50% or 60% involved. They don't really recover very well. That rarely do they recover. So you might be looking at replacing your Leland's with either more Leland's that you water correctly every summer or Arborvitae is another solution or even some of the hollies that uh, Mickey mentioned a minute ago, the Nellie Stevens right. holly one of those are more than one different thing so if you yeah, if you, you lose one yeah. then you've got it's easier to add something that's t- totally different than something that's all the same size when you plant right. you know, five or six leaves in a row one gets the disease sort of passes it down to everybody mm-hmm. else in the row okay all right, so fungal and uh, go to LelandCypressDiseases.com, okay? Le- no, no, WalterReeves.com, and then in the search line, type Leland <laughs> Cypress Disease. Okay. 
I should probably make the web, buy the domain name for LelandCypressDisease.com. There'd probably be a place a lot of people would want to come to my website. Yeah. I should do that this afternoon. <laughs> Steve, you gave me a money-making idea right there. Yeah, Drive yeah, traffic yeah, to my yeah. website. And I only charge you 10%. You only charge me a little bit. If you get the debate before I do, Steve, it's yours. But if All I get right. home and get on my computer and get it, it's mine. All right. All right. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, Steve, thanks for calling. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. It's 828. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. They're still here. They haven't gone home. I haven't bored them. We're still having conversations about dead trees and living trees. A lady who had a, a white leaf Japanese maple. We're just in awe of here. All sorts of things going on at the Pike Nursery at Town Lake. Where today, as at all Pike Nurseries, by the way, today is Strawberry Day here as well as every other location. Get a strawberry plant for free with every purchase you make. Mickey Gasway every Saturday at 835 brings us the Pike Pick of the Weekend. But I think this weekend, Mickey, you got a whole bunch of picks. Well, this weekend it is the Strawberry, uh, Super Strawberry Saturday. And we just wanted to remind everybody that we've got those. You get a free strawberry. You've already said that. Um, and we've got the classes at all the stores nine at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So soon, 20-some minutes from now. Yeah, you got time. All the stores, the classes will be here. Mickey, you got any tips for growing strawberries? Well, I, I grow them up in front of my raised beds and so they do good. So just on the edge of the bed? On the edge of the bed. So I don't, I, I've tried covering them up, but you know, the mockingbirds still, <laughs> I, I, my daddy used to tell me that you didn't want to make the mockingbirds mad because if you did, they would go to the devil and tell him all your sins. And so I was always afraid to make the mockingbirds mad, so I just let them have the So you let them have your strawberries <laughs> yeah. just in case. Some for them, some for me, yeah. <laughs> If okay. you can protect your strawberries from the birds, the mockingbirds, the eagle that they are, uh, you could you could get strawberries. The number of strawberries, of course, are on sale besides the free ones you get with every purchase here at Pike Nursery. But what I say is I have made a strawberry tower before. Oh, yeah. I used pieces of wood to make sort of circles that were concentric. And it was probably three feet high in the middle, filled it full of potting soil and put strawberries in it. I had 40, I think, pot, uh, wow. strawberries around that, that tower of strawberries. It worked real well. Do you cover it? Yeah, netting over the top. Boy, yeah, you're in we're trouble. just great. Trouble. Well, the birds, the mockingbirds, will have to fend for themselves. But let's summarize. Today is Strawberry Day. Strawberries are on sale, as well as one free per purchase at all Pike Nursery locations. The class is at nine o'clock on burying plants with blueberries, strawberries, and all the berries that you have that you can put in your garden. As well as there are lots of plants that are on sale: flowering cherries, these uh, strawberry plants, herbs. of course, herbs, geraniums. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the rambling petunias. petunias are on sale as well. So come to your local Pike Nursery. You're bound to find something that's blooming in bloom in flower, seeds, of course, as well as strawberry plants. And where would we go to find our local Pike Nursery location, Mickey? At pikenursery.com. And I need to ask Brittany, one of my Pike friends here, is the Milton store finished? Is it ready? Is it going to be ready for our remote broadcast? Uh, 
Yeah. All right, they're looking at a May opening, so we're not sure that we'll be able to do a Pike broadcast from there when it opens in May. We may instead go to Johns Creek or something like that. But I'm looking forward to going to the Bethany Road store, Pike Nursery, mm -hmm. a new one up in Milton, Alpharetta, um, whatever we oh, call yeah, it up there. Milton. Be a lot of fun to go to the Pike Nursery, go to the remote location there. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Did I let you tell where all the Pike Nursery locations are? Mickey, you did, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Pike Nursery right. locations. Oh, good, good. Just right. checking. A little mental fade right there. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. We got Bill. The sun is on my screen. Let's see if I can get Bill in here. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Hello. Hey, Bill. Hey, um, I put down pre-emergent about a month ago, and yeah. it's on Zoysia Yard, and I'm getting a lot of the purple flowers. And I'm yeah. wondering, is it too late to put some more down, or did I miss the boat? That's, uh, that's hen bit. Yeah, hen bit. And, and it, it comes germinated. Up, yeah, but it all, isn't it a perennial? No, it's more it's than not, is it? I, yeah. I, I, that's what I've been telling myself. That that's, I, doing, but that's I think you not. missed the boat back in September, yeah. Bill, actually, because that was when you can prevent the henbit from germinating even, is when you put the pre-emergent down in September. So what you have now escaped, didn't, uh, didn't get control yeah. back then, but you can put one of the broadleaf weed killers on yeah, it right now the, if you want. Yeah. The okay. Weed Beater Ultra will do it oh, lower yeah. temperatures. That's a good Weed one. Beater Ultra that Pike sells is a great broadleaf weed control. would kill those henbit plants dead as a doornail. Okay, sounds good. All right, thank but you very much. For spring pre-emergent bill, now's the time to put that down. But that prevents things from coming up, like crabgrass, for instance, from coming up in the spring and summer. And so March 1 is usually the time I say to put it out, but you haven't lost much time if you go ahead and put a pre-emergent out now to prevent the crabgrass and other summer weeds, if you want. Okay, well, I, I did that about a month ago. Was that too early then? Not really. Pre-emergents don't decompose in cold soil all that quickly, but... If you had a lot of weeds, a lot of crabgrass last year, sometimes it's better to do two applications, okay. one in early March, another one in, what, make it June, yeah, late May, early May, June? Yeah, middle, middle of May, sometime yeah. in there. To do a second yeah. application then, just so the first one doesn't wear off and not have any protection for the rest of the summer. Okay, great. Thank you very much. You bet, Bill. Thanks for calling. Take care. All right. Bye. We've got uh, Darren on the line from South Carolina. Let me make sure I've got that. Darren, yes, from South Carolina. Hey, good morning, Darren. Good morning. How can we help, Darren? I was wondering, okay, I got a little flower bed, and what I want to do is, of course, I mean, I got to weed it first, but then I want to put some flowering uh, bulbs down. Yeah. But now also I want to put pre-emergent down, too, for the weeds and stuff. Will the pre-emergent stop the bulbs from growing up? Mostly not, particularly if you put the bulbs in first and the pre-emergent after, because the pre-emergents almost all are dissolved in that first half inch maybe yeah. of soil, and the bulb is certainly going to be deeper than that. You just don't want to dig in it after you put the pre-emergent in, right. because that interrupts it. Yeah, so put the, put the bulb down first, put the pre-emergent over the top, weeds are controlled, and the bulbs are not harmed. What, what about, uh, say, I want to do a uh, like a garden, a vegetable garden. Can I put pre-emergence down also when I put the seeds down? or No. No, no none no. of the pre-emergence except the corn gluten pre-emergence are labeled even for use in the garden. So the, I found that corn gluten does not do a great job in controlling weeds anyway in gardens. So there's really and truly no pre-emergence that is labeled for use and safe to use in the garden at all that will oh, work okay. anyway, Darren. I so use newspapers and then weed it. Yeah, weed it. Or Mickey says she uses newspapers, so you got to. Newspapers gotta, with hay over it. 
put the hay, hay on top of that. Yeah, that's a good idea. So the newspaper, then a little bit of hay on top of that. There, it gives the the good weed control without any chemicals at all. Okay, sounds good. All right, good luck. Thank Thanks you. for calling, Darren. Appreciate it. Bye. We got Terry from Smyrna. Hey, Terry. Good morning. How you doing today, Walter? Terry, we're great. How can we help? I got a question for you. I've got eight prunus uh, peach trees, and they're grow growing in a cellular uh, fashion, it's just straight up and down. All right. What can I do to make them branch out? Can I cut the middle branch out, the main one, cut it in half, or, or what? We had a conversation with the audience about, I guess, an hour ago now, Terry, talking about how to prune a peach tree when it's young, when it's just put in the ground. You cut it right at the belt line, right at your waist where your belt is. That's where you prune a peach tree when it's young, which I guess you didn't do that when you planted yours originally, did you? No, because they, they bought these, and, you know, they were already yeah. you know, 18 feet tall. You know, Terry, you're not going to lose a lot of peaches by just pruning it with the, uh, the idea to take the center out, and you can take the center out. Yours are, how tall did you say, 10 feet high now? It's about 10 to 15. I got eight of them. And I'm not worried about these. I only bought them because of being an ornamental tree, just, right. just for the flowers. Right. In that case, cutting out the middle, I don't think it's going to hurt at all. But it will, you know, they'll bush out. They'll be op more open in the middle. You're not worried about fruit. So the flowers, sure, I don't see why you couldn't cut the middle out to open them up, make them more bushy looking. Sure. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much, Walter. It was a pleasure. Terry, it's a pleasure talking to you as well. Thanks for calling. Thank you. We got Valerie is in Monroe. We got just enough time to put Valerie in here. Hey, Valerie, good morning. How do I rehabilitate my old pecan trees? Yeah. I live so right in the city of Monroe. And right. I bought this house back in November, and I've got three big pecan trees, but they're older pecan trees. They've been there, right. I don't know, 50 years. Right. And so How what's your I question? What do you want to do? I want to fertilize Oh, fertilizing is right now. I hadn't thought them. about that. Yeah. Huh? This would be the perfect time to fertilize pecan trees, Valerie, just as the leaves are just starting to emerge on them. Okay, so the, with what? The way you know how much to put on, these are old trees, so they're going to be nice thick trunks, you know, 18 to maybe 24 inches uh, across. Mm -hmm. and so the way you do it is, uh, what I tell people is put your palms in front of your, your body and walk up to the, to the uh, pecan tree. Put one palm on one side of the trunk, put the other palm on the other side of the trunk, back away a couple of paces and say, how far apart are my palms? Yours might be, again, 18, 24 inches maybe uh, across there mm -hmm. between them. But that number, that number of inches between your two palms that are on either side of the trunk of the tree tells you how many pounds of 10-10-10 fertilizer to use. So just for argument's sake, let's say they're 24 inches wide. The trunk was 24 inches in diameter. And so you put 24 pounds of 10-10-10 scattered all around underneath the tree, concentrated mostly underneath the drip line and a little further uh -huh. out than that because that's where all the feeder roots are. Okay. That's great. Uh, that's, has uh, anybody 10, 10, ever... 10. Yep. Has anybody ever pruned the tree, Valerie? Yes, it was pruned. I don't know exactly when, but it was pruned horribly. And you've got little, little spiky limbs yeah. growing out of where it was pruned. They it could probably use pruning by a pecan pruning professional, but I'm not sure there are any in Monroe. So at this point, I think we would leave it alone or just take away some of those sprouts that you can reach if you want to. Mm -hmm. But um, 
in South Georgia, we have those huge pecan groves in South Georgia. They have guys down there with little bitty chainsaws. They climb up in the tree and they cut out what looks to be about a third of the limbs on pecan trees. And that season they have the biggest, best looking golden pecans you've ever seen in your life because these guys know what they're doing. They know which limbs to take out, which limbs to leave. There's just crews of pecan pruners that run around in South Georgia pruning the trees down there to make sure they have a good crop. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure Monroe has a crew to do that. So either you do it yourself or just leave it alone and fertilize and hope that that fixes the whole production problem. Would I bring bacteria into the tree if I took out some of those spiky limbs? No. Why would you think that? Well, it's an because open cut. Well, yeah, but that's true. But the tree itself, like all trees, all trees heal themselves in the same way. The, the cells, once you cut the tree, cut off a limb, let's say, the cells that are exposed, when they sense oxygen is coming into, into contact with them, the cells send a note back to the rest of the tree and say, hey, we've been cut over here. Send some of the protective chemicals underneath the cut to ward off any bacteria or fungi or borers or something like that that are trying to come in. And so the tree heals from inside the wound, inside the cut. So that's why we never say put tar on it because tar keeps oxygen from making the cells thicken up and do what they're supposed to do. So I agree, yes, you would expose it to, to bacteria, but your, the tree, by cutting it, is going to have its own resources to protect itself that you don't want to interf interfere with. Okay. Thank All you right. very much. Fertilizer. That's where we're going to start with. Fertilizer is going to do more for that tree than anything else you could do, Valerie. Okay, got it. Thanks so much for calling. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Don't forget, next weekend, next Saturday, we'll be at the Spring Atlanta Home Show at the Cobb Galleria. I'll be there actually Friday afternoon talking about how to plant plants perfectly, three peas in a row, planting plants perfectly, three peas in a row, noon on Friday at the Atlanta Home Show. Saturday, we'll have another remote broadcast there at the Cobb Galleria. If you want to get into the Home Show for free, all you have to do is come up between 6 and 9 a.m. and say the password at the gate, which is reliable. Reliable is the password. After that, I'm going up to Autumn Hill Nursery up in Woodstock, not far from here this morning. I'll be at Autumn Hill to answer questions about the new trees, the new shrubs, the new plants they're introducing this year. Right now it's 848. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Rain coming in this afternoon around 12 or 1 o'clock. Rain off and on throughout the day, maybe a little bit of rain tomorrow. High today around 61 degrees, overnight lows around 50, 55 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. One of the advantages of coming to a remote broadcast is during the breaks, people talk about different plants. And two plants that Mickey and I just were able to talk about with the audience here. One is the rising sun redbud. Mickey, describe what rising sun looks like. Well, it has all different colored leaves, and they're, um, they're yellow and green and orange and white, and it just stands out. It's beautiful. One in Virginia Highlands, I can't remember what street it's on. There are like three or four of them, and it's beautiful. It still has the redbud blooms in the springs. It, it's amazing. Is it a rising, rising, sun. rising sun? S-U-N, Rising Sun, Red Bud. I think Trees Atlanta actually is who planted all those red oh, buds. Oh, is that right? Virginia oh, they're Highlands. so yeah. pretty. And the other plant that we talked about with another audience member was Edgeworthia, or paper bush, some people call it. 
white flowers, smells good, beautiful form. As Mickey points out, it comes out as a stick with two buds on it when you buy it at the nurseries. But it is such a gorgeous plant gorgeous. when it fills out. Wow. We like paperbush. We like Edgeworthia a lot, as well as the Rising Sun Red Bud. Rhonda is in Royston and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Rhonda. Good, good morning, morning, Walter. How are you? We're doing great. How can we help? I wanted to share with you something about Handbit, which has gotten a pretty bad rap this morning. Um, when <laughs> yes, I we've, we've said a couple of ugly things about it. Go ahead. When I kept bees, I noticed in the early spring when they were first coming out, they were appearing with little purple dots on their foreheads. Yeah. And I followed one of them and found that they were feeding on the hen bit. And the organs in the flower, I forget whether it's pistils or stamens that, that hold the pollen. Right. Are in such a position where when the bee tucks her head into the blossom, it scrapes the pollen off on her forehead. Huh. So they're a major pollen and nectar source for the bees before most anything else is blooming. So, so if now you don't you're going to make your us... hen bed, at least the bees will benefit from it. You make us feel bad now, yeah, Ron. I'm a beekeeper. Said kill the hen bed, and Mickey is a beekeeper, but evidently they're not benefiting from your hen bed because you kill all the hen bed. Yes, yes. Hmm. Well, well. So, well, not, Rhonda, thanks for sharing that with us. We'll look for Mickey anyway. We'll look at her bees to see if they have purple hats on top of their head. Thanks so much for yeah, calling. really. Funny. Been a great Saturday morning. Mickey Gasway, my partner in crime from Pike Nursery, has been a wonderful co-host with me. Lorenzo Kemp, of course, kept us on the air here at the Pike Nursery Town Lake store. Crystal Wheeler, back in the studio, screened our calls, and Jason Byers brought our music to us as well. If you didn't get your question answered today, go to WalterReeves.com, get a couple of answers there once in a while. And don't forget, next Friday, I'll be at the Cobb Galleria for the uh, Home Show, Spring Home Show, doing a remote broadcast next Saturday morning, and then Autumn Hill Nursery on Saturday afternoon. All details at WalterReeves.com under the button, Where is Walter? Where is Walter? He's here every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. for another edition of Lawn and Garden.